Guys, I have a bit of a bone to pick with the whole world this week. Everybody who firmly believes that the biggest footballing spectacle on planet Earth is something called Super Bowl Sunday makes me sick to my stomach. So I'm leading a rebellion. All right. Me, you guys, and whoever else, I want you guys to go to ElmontYouthSoccer.com. And there's a reason why I want you to go there. Super Bowl Sunday claims that they're the biggest footballing spectacle on planet Earth. Is that the truth, Mina? Absolutely not. Football no, already happened hell. today. It is not, bro. Absolutely, it did. And you know what, Joe? Guess Tell what? Me. What? The biggest footballing spectacle in the world is something called the Champions League, and it returns this week. And if your club is in the Champions League, sorry, Mina, but if your club is in the Champions League <laughs> and you want to rep that team, there's only one place to go. You know where that is? Tell me, Nathan. The glorious ElmontYouthSoccer.com sponsoring the rebellion pushing back on what it means to have the biggest footballing spectacle on planet earth you go to elmontyouthsoccer.com guys and you can start assembling your very own jersey wall collection and mina you're just gonna go there for free you're just gonna go there and spend regular amounts of money on regular products is that what we're doing here i'm staying silent off the disrespect that i just received <laughs> <laughs> we're coming though we're coming back next season i would go to elmontyouthsoccer.com for the champions league and put in the promo code tjw10 this season, I'm going to go. Next season, I won't go. <laughs> <laughs> There's a window for us all to access these Champions League kits, but they're always available. When you go to ElmontYouthSoccer.com, go right now and use the promo code TJW10 when you get there at in checkout to save 10% on your entire order. Guys, with that being said, today, episode number 181 of the Champions League is all about previewing the return of God's competition. The Champions League is back. We begin with a fairy tale, or better yet, a dream. The glorious return of the round of 16. The Champions League is back. Let's not waste any time discussing the stories of the ultimate climb. Heavy hitters kick us off. Can PSG get it done? A squad without fear face a loaded German gun. European juggernauts, star squads lead the way. Is there anything more romantic than Paris on Valentine's Day? Times change from the draw, now Milan in the mud, stopping Citizen Kane, leading Spurs' rosebud. Benfica lost their Enzo, no more cruising, no Ferrari. Can the Eagles keep flying or get lost in the Belgian safari? Chelsea's squad is bloated, it's retaining a lot of starch. Can Dortmund make him feel uneasy, like a happy new year in March? Electrifying Napoli just continue to push. Kvaradana and Osimhen turning Frankfurt sausages into mush. And Real Madrid versus Liverpool. Dear Lord, the mighty fell. It's box office nonetheless, but things are not going well. Porto topped their group, but Inter's as good as can be, bringing the heat to Milan like they forgot the AC. And football's looming question, can City cross the line? Holland's return to Germany should spell a good time. In a year where the mightiest seem to really lack conviction, could we finally see an upset, or is that all purely fiction? The greatest competition that we'll gladly watch unfold, fueled by God's narratives, simply itching to be told. It all comes down to this. The round of 16 marks the start. Forget poetry, my friends. This here is art. Fire. I promised you some of these yesterday. <laughs> Dude. All of them. Oh. Jeez, Louise, guys, welcome to episode number 181 of the Jersey Wall Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Nathan Santos, a.k.a. Bars FC. The poetry man is back, and I'm so happy to be, to be delivering that to you guys. Mina, welcome back to the show. Joe, Thank welcome you. back to the show. Guys, Thank you. gas Thank me you. up a little here. What'd you think? 
Bro, fire. That was amazing. The AC AC Milan. Uh, oh, that's I, I liked the Citizen Kane line because it's how high minded is that? Go shit, to City, bro. and I caught all of that. I caught all of that. <laughs> Come Don't on, you worry. some people might have missed it, but us three. Bro, Multiple <laughs> audiences here. Rushman, when I put a <laughs> Citizen Kane reference in a poem, dude, that's some other shit. Because you don't have to have seen Citizen Kane to appreciate a good rhyme. Yeah, but the levels that exist here, oh my god, bro! Bars, bars. Bringing the heat to Milan like they forgot the AC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a good one. That's my <laughs> favorite one. Oh my god, that shit, fucking! I wrote when I wrote that. I literally went. Oh, that's a good <laughs> one, bro. I gotta put that shit in there, man. It's literally a hot See, I like this one. What'd you guys think of turning Frankfurt sausages into mush? I thought that, that was, was funny. That was a good one. If you watch my too, reaction right? back, that made me laugh. Come on, bro. I wrote, yeah. pushed with mush. I thought that was lazy, but I was like, nah, there's a way that I can get this to work. It's all it's all stories, bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I just want to do a Jersey Wall episode just reacting to like my 10 greatest poems and just like the <laughs> bars that i put into them because i think that'd be a cool like behind the scenes we need no we need we need a dissecting tjw poems episode <laughs> yeah yeah we have like, to have a ranking you pick some of your favorite bars <laughs> yeah. and then see if we catch on yeah like okay. that citizen i think i think it should be, i think it should be the it. opposite i think you guys should interview me that episode and be like nathan what were you thinking oh, yeah. when you wrote the citizen kane reference in there and i'd be like <laughs> Yo, let me walk you through that process because otherwise, like, this is not a poetry podcast, but to just like, and I hope everybody's feeling this energy right now, just to bring that level of intellect to a Champions League preview poem, uh, an episode, bro, you won't find it anywhere else, man. You're not going to find it. No, I'm not a rapper. I'm not a rapper. I'm a spoken word artist. Yeah, I am. I thrive on snaplaws. If we just go, shut up, Joe. Yeah, Joe's a rapper. I'm a rapper. Sorry, I'll be your ghostwriter, bro. I'm a freaking Quavo, bro. That's what I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, you know what? Maybe for the final episode of the Jersey Wall, we'll rap on just like at just my best lines over a beat. And we'll just, that'll be like the outro to the finale of the Jersey Wall. That'd be a cool like series ending moment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Anyway, guys, welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. Thank I had to start you. us off with yeah. some poetry because whenever the Champions League comes back, whenever there's a whenever there's a reason for me to write something, I jump at the chance. And I'm so happy that the Champions League is back to do it. And anyway, here we are. So let's dive right into it, guys, because this week, the Champions League is back. And the Champions League is also back next week. So there's yes. hella games over the next week. Enjoy while it lasts. We don't know how long that's going to be coming back for. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, right? Because the the congestion of schedules... And, and fixtures that had to be played before the World Cup meant that things had to be reorganized. And now here we are, February. Valentine's Day marks the start. I think that's appropriate, right? Because we romanticize these games. And then we're going to have the games this week and next week. And then again in March, It's it feels different than usual. Maybe it's not what we're entirely used to, but it does give us more of an opportunity to catch all these games because all yeah. these games will be 3 p.m. kickoffs. We're not going to yeah. have well, our time, right? We're not going to yeah. have the 1245 ones. We're like, oh, man, like Madrid are playing Liverpool at, middle of the day like how in the hell am i going to watch that mm -hmm. right now we should be able to watch both and afford each of them their due analysis so today it's preview when the round of 16 is over we'll do analysis recapping what the hell happened but i don't know about you guys but i got some predictions and i know joe whenever you come on bro you got some burning hot takes and i love course, that brother. and of mina course. i'm looking for this analysis and this I got my prediction so let's get started bro i think we have to start with what is clearly the most mesmerizing fixture of the bunch um We've spoken about this, you know, in the draw, I alluded to the fact that I think the winner of the competition comes from this very matchup and it starts yeah. in Paris on Valentine's day, right? PSG versus Bayern. 
there's questions to be asked here. I want to lay out a little bit of context before we get into it, right? Because we've heard Mbappe won't be fit in time. We've heard Messi won't be Messi. fit in time. We saw PSG get at, well, I saw yesterday, PSG got absolutely smacked by Monaco, right? Mm -hmm. Not promising before it, but they also leaned into a little bit more of the production line squad more so than their most expensive and valuable <clears throat> squad. Yeah, I know. Bayern Munich, for the first time, are in a competitive title race in what feels like more than a decade. And so at one not point... Not without their injuries as well, by the way. That's just it, right? They're not, uh, they're not flying high anyway either. So I want to ask you guys, first and foremost, in terms of expectations for this fixture, are you expecting this to be like a memorable round of 16? Because this was a final like two years ago, right? Three years ago, this was the final. Now we're yeah. going to get two legs of this in the round of 16, wherein Bayern Munich one of Europe's elite and proven with a pedigree will go home in the first round of the knockout stages or PSG's project will flop yet again because yeah. they drew the hardest possible team to get, I think. Yeah. What do you guys think? Mina, start me off here. What do you think of PSG? The setup, the setup for this match is crazy. And I think we, we all just want to have the stars back. Like even money's out mm. for Byron. Mm. It's, I think it evens the playing field so much more. It just becomes a way more comp like a competitive fixture. I know it's, the competition if everybody's fit is kind of level playing field anyway but now it's kind of like oh you don't really know have an obvious answer of who's going to go through now there's a conversation right. to be had whereas previously you would have maybe looked at you know some people may have looked at Neymar Messi and Mbappe and gone oh they'll get it done some people will just say Bayern's inevitable now that the boat is shook on both sides you have to you have to think about it a little bit so I'm I'm I appreciate this a little bit more than than the bare bones analysis that would have happened had these people or these teams you know not been a little bit shaken up yeah and joe what do you think um i mean listen uh, both, both teams have had like you know a run in form poor form throughout the season i think uh as uh, as it stands right now though uh pertaining to this particular matchup i guess PSG are coming in really, really bad form, to be honest. Mm. And uh, we've been seeing scenes of their fans just coming out here and just uh, basically protesting in front of training grounds for for the the performance, you know? Um, two back-to-back -back losses. I think they're both 3-1s. They lost against Marseille. You know, I like my Marseille. Right. But... Um, but it's, it's just not good enough. And to be honest, Messi did not carry his... Uh, his... Ba like, basically, his... Uh, his World Cup, I don't know, like form. performance form, yeah. yeah, to PSG. You know, he's it's been a, a little bit mediocre. To we said this right, like he's he's yeah. achieved everything he's, he wants to achieve. Yeah. Is he going to come back with that heat, That's or is he just going to be like? Exactly. Uh, and I know, don't think this, these are side quests. Yeah, he, it's like literally side questing uh, PSG right now, and I think his head is out of it. He doesn't really care. Um, he might still be hungover. There's a real possibility he's still hungover. <laughs> yeah, literally. So, I, I mean, it's looking right now as it stands, I think it's looking kind of damp for PSG because, on the other hand, Bayern Munich did start picking up form. I think they're three wins on the bounce right now. So, hmm. um, yeah, I'd actually argue even with injuries, like even without money, like the Bayern's starting 11 is much stronger at the moment yeah, than, than PSG's. Correct. I think the cohesion there is so much better too. But um, but you know, listen, star power is pretty. Why yeah, are you, you don't think so, Nathan? Why that's, you a, that's such a that is almost a loaded point there because I yeah. don't know if I can just like let everybody agree with that. I almost feel like if Joe does, then I have to be like, hold on here, because if no one's going to be advocate for PSG, let me. 
Uh, not because ahead. I think that PSG will win. You guys know I've said this before. I think yeah. the only team that stops PSG from winning this competition is Bayern Munich. Genuinely, it's, I believe it's PSG. Yeah, yeah. I feel like PSG did, and we'll get to this like as we as we talk more about it. I think PSG did what they had to in the offseason to equip themselves with the necessary tools to excel in this competition. And the only team that I thought they might have the answer for that is Bayern Munich because Bayern Munich, as we know, have that aura of inevitability. It doesn't matter how skilled you are. It doesn't matter how talented you are. It takes everything you've got and the bag of chips and God on your side to knock Bayern Munich out of the Champions League because Bayern Munich are inevitable. But this season, Bayern Munich haven't been that. They started really slow, like really slow. And then they picked up form and then they crashed form. And then the World Cup interrupted and Germany bombed. And that was basically Bayern Munich's squad. Eight of those starting players were from Bayern. And then they came back. And Joe, you're right. They're starting to recover form because Bayern, always being proactive, always being intelligent, went, what can I do? Okay, what can I do to fix this? Drop and available. <laughs> the absolute biggest thing that you could possibly do is take the best fullback in world football and drop him in your team. And now you have him. And then they made smart si- smart signings around their squad too, right? They signed uh, Daily Vlin for free. Just you they know, as a replacement. Jan Summer as a replacement for Neuer. They got Jan Summer as a replacement for Neuer because you need your A-level backup keeper and talk about one. Like Jan Summer is, is yeah, proven. It's... Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich's kryptonite in the league was Jan Summer. He often would produce 20 save performances against Bayern Munich. Right. And that just goes into feeding that Bavarian went... machine. Yeah. Right. They just went cool, but we'll take this guy out. <laughs> I think that Bayern Munich, for the first time, are not inevitable in this competition. And if I'm making the pro PSG argument. PSG, what they did in the offseason, and it feels like an eternity ago, but they did two things. They switched to a more defensive-oriented system, not a defensive system that doesn't relish possession, but defensive-oriented, where the first thing, first thing is first. Christoph Gelsi says, I got to organize this side defensively because the creative firepower that I have is not something that I need to coach. I don't need to tell Mbappe how to score. I don't need to tell Messi how to create chances. They can do that. I just need to make sure that the rest of the team is prepared for that. And PSG have suffered some injuries, right? I think the best version of PSG squad plays a 3-4-1-2 with Messi at the 10. You get full use out of your wingbacks. The back three when Sergio Ramos plays, they don't lose when he starts. And Donnarumma, to be fair to him against Monaco, you think, oh, he conceded you know, six goals in the last two games. Brother, they could have lost 10-1 to Monaco yesterday. Donnarumma had some of the biggest saves I've ever seen. And I do think that's kind of an X factor because Bayern Munich are not particularly clinical at the moment. Bayern Munich losing Lewandowski is a massive absence and it has been, but it didn't affect them in Europe in the group so far, right? Because they were like, no, no, it's fine. Shubo Moting stepped up. Musiala is still a baller, all these things. I watched Bayern versus Bochum yesterday and Kimmich was suspended, so he didn't get to play. And Musiala had to play a deeper role. And I'm like, man, Bayern are not that far away from being a like 180 team when everybody's fit versus when half their squad's fit. Because Musiala, for all that he is, and you know I love me some Jamal Musiala, his best attributes are electrifying bursts of explosiveness in front of goal to create either goals or assists immediately. It is not to be the Joshua Kimmich role of, you know, being a playmaker and being a box-to-box eight with tenacity and aggression and interceptions and all those things. So I'm like, well, damn. Kimmich might be the best person in the world at doing that job. But what did PSG do in the offseason? They went out and got every single available transitional midfielder that you could possibly get. So to partner with Verratti, I'm going to put Vitinha. Vitinha. I'm going to put Fabian Ruiz. I'm going to put Carlos Soler. I'm going to put Renato Sanchez. 
the options that they have to figure things out means, and I still firmly believe this, this is why I think they're favorites to win the competition. There is nothing that another team should be able to throw at them that they shouldn't be able to handle when healthy. But they do lack a little bit of fitness right now. So I think this first fixture in Paris is imperative for PSG to win. Because going to the Alliance, assuming everybody will be fit in the return fixture for both sides, will be the toughest game that PSG will have to play. Meaning, if they can cook at home in this first game without Messi, and that's a big, big ask, because even when Messi is fit, you will know his playing style, right? Like, especially at PSG, the way that he's doing is just more, it's a little bit more lethargic and just letting Messi kind of create when he has the chance. Whereas Mbappe is just like, give me the ball and I'll score. There's a lot going on at PSG, and that doesn't bode well for them. However, we started on all this because we said, does PSG objectively have a better squad? Or excuse me, does Bayern Munich have objectively a better squad at the moment than, than PSG? I don't think that I can say they can just because I think a lot of the best talents of PSG have been low-key forgotten because we haven't because we're thinking, oh, well, the top, top guys are out. Brother, they got a lot of things still in the tank here that they can hurt people with. And if Bayern Munich do not prepare for that accordingly because they think, ah, like, you know, we just got to prep for Mbappe, Messi, and Neymar and otherwise we'll be fine. They're wrong. And that's it's not, it's not that. I, I don't think it's that. I just think that given all of what you said, they still have a lot of functionality within the team and they haven't been able to figure it out that's in true. league uh, against Marseille and against Monaco. They mm. should have been able to turn those results around and they didn't. And now you have to come up against right. someone like Bayern who is in good form and you, ha- you still have all those problem-solving solutions that you can have and um, that you had in, in the uh, in Liga. They haven't figured those out, and if Christophe Galtier and credit to to you and to and to him, he has done more to make this a more defensively aware team. Let's not say defensive, but defensively aware that there's mm-hmm. a structure. It's not just free for all. They still suffering and they're still leaking goals in Liga, at yeah. least for the last two or three games. You can't do that, which is the most important thing right now because it is form, and it's yeah. and a lot of it has to do with fitness, and and that's the only thing we can go back and go off. Yeah, they've moved into a, a back four oftentimes and it hasn't right. worked for them, right? Like the best version of PSG squad plays the 3-4-1-2. They're not playing that right now. They have a lot of injuries in their squad and it goes to show how damning injuries can be, bro. Because even a squad like PSG, Absolutely. look at like the most super team of super teams, they have everything possible. They're one center back injury away from playing freaking Danilo at center back, bro. Danilo sucks. I think he played way. that against Monaco, by the way. Didn't yeah. he play at center back against Monaco? Yeah. And then Kim Pembe came on later in the game. Right. And, and Ramos came on and later Ramos in the game. On. But it could be that he was like, oh, I'll just save these guys for, for midweek. But dude, it's not it, it, like it's, it's very just true. not rotation, promising. They can afford rotation in Ligue 1 because they have quite a sizable lead. But it, well, it's the only thing four, that we have to base our arguments on it, right? Yeah. No, yeah, but, but, but you're right. Points now, though. Yeah. yeah, I want you to weigh in on this, Joe. Yeah, because no, you're right. It's not. It's not like a blowout in Liga either. No, right no, no. I think for, for both uh, the Bundesliga and Liga, um, as much as Nathan, you do say you think the winners coming out of this. I mean, in the league wise, they're not performing as. as I, I know they're first, but like we know how they play. They're they they blow yeah. out the league most of the time, right? So this mm-hmm. is kind of it's a little bit different. I mean. They've lost back-to-back games now in Liga, yeah. so that just brings them four points away from Marseille, who are in second, I believe. Um, it's not. It's I not. I think Monaco looking... shot into second with the. Oh, oh, yeah. I could be wrong, yeah, but it's maybe. like no, within that is. vicinity. You're right. It's getting close. Okay, though. Maybe, I know what maybe. you're saying. Then, then yeah. Um, in that case, uh, I guess it's 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 difficult to say. Um, 
but like who's gonna win but i think just based on form you know you'd put your money on on uh, Bayern Munich alone but listen the star power at uh, PSG is is a lot bigger than at Bayern Munich right now you yeah, know their main player sure. is Mane and he's been gone so uh yeah. Musiala as much again as yeah you're back on relying on Musiala yeah yeah like he's amazing but like still 17 right 17 18 i mean it's, it's a big he's thing. a teenager in some yeah. i don't know how old he is but he's a he's a teenager um, you're right and and he is that the outlet for for that in attack because Muller yeah. stepped up and replies rep- reprised that role on the weekend yeah. but nabri's not in top form no Sané's not Sané. in top form eric maxim chubo monting might be right like this might be the best version of him that exists that's that's a limitation of byron squad they don't have a lethal world-class number nine in their team right now Kimmich is Kimmich is the best player on most pitches that he steps on to be fair to Only him they and they added draw Kinsella, meaning now they have nine. a superstar yeah 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 draw Kinsella, like uh that's draw is excellent that's I like mean, excellent play him at number nine i think it would work Loki, <laughs> i think it would work for real, anyway. I mean, it's just a false nine. Draw can sell out a false nine in a pep system. I mean, ironic, but but you know, we'll move on. <laughs> at a false nine playing the David Villa role from Barcelona, come on, run it up. That'd be something, bro. He's it's got like the technique put... to do it. Listen, bro, he's super versatile, but you know, he's got a shitty attitude, so I don't want to talk about Draw Cancelo right now. To hell with him. <laughs> uh, as we wrap on this fixture, because we do have a lot of them to get to. If you had to edge it in one direction for not who wins the first leg, but who is advancing from this tie based on everything we've outlined, injuries, full fitness, you know, home and away fixtures, who plays when and where. Joe, who's winning this this tie? Um, I'm going Bayern Munich. Yeah, yeah I'm going I'm going pretzel over croissant right now as well. I'm going yeah. Bayern. <laughs> the sturdier pastry. Yeah. Right yeah. Uh, I, listen, I said... Time and time again, I think the only team capable of stopping PSG is Bayern, but I got it. It's not a landslide to them. Yeah, it's going to be tight. If if I asked myself first, which I would have been, we might have been unanimous here, but I I can't let TJW's official stance on this be PSG are going out in the round of 16. And I watch both these squads regularly. I do feel like PSG will be knocked out here because I do think that Bayern will edge them, but I cannot bring myself to make that my official prediction because I just think that PSG have done everything right. And I can't let, if City lost their two games before the Champions League fixture, we wouldn't think, oh, City are getting knocked out. We'd be like, ah, well, City will figure it out for the Champions League. And I have to give the benefit of the doubt to PSG because they have everything to play for right now. Let's see, we'll lose his job. If not, Mbappe, like, dude, this is it. Like, this is everything you have here. Okay, you got to figure this out. And it's for the, I feel like ties like this are settled by the moments and PSG has more moment players than Bayern Munich does. So I feel that they just have to find a way to do it. And if they do, they're legit and they're what what's crazy is that if, if they get past this and if you get all the players back then then they're the favorites yeah yeah forget, forget it. it then they're beating everybody so i'll go psg uh just for that reason but let's go now to the next one Fair enough. milan ver- milan and spurs which is just such like dude if we did this episode a couple of months ago we would have had this we would have one two three in unison gone milan next yeah now we're here like oh milan are in the worst run of form yeah, ever dude really in Get this, they lost, so they lost all their December friendlies, which wasn't promising, but you think, okay, well, it's just friendlies, who cares? In 2023, they have two wins, two draws, and five losses. They've completely changed up their system altogether. They're even dropping layout now because they're like, hold on, we have to figure out a system that we can get to to make the best use of the whole team. Tomori is injured. 
Benacer is injured and Mike Magnon is still injured. And the fact that Milan's backup keeper is a 36-year-old Romanian who's never played professional football <laughs> is dooming them. It's cooking them and it's terrible. So I feel like I don't want to kick Milan when they're down here, but it's it's a shame that last year's Scudetto winners are in a place now where like, it seems like they've reverted back five years, three injuries and a, and a bad run of form. And it feels like we have a Milan of old, but not of old of glory, of old mm. of trash garbage. Yeah, the Hello Kitty and, sponsorship uh, kind of. Milan, yeah. that's, that's Dude, it's, it's, it's that's a tough spot, man. <gasps> My favorite. Yo, weigh in on this, bro, because I know you love you, yourself some Serie A here. Yeah, bro. Not our bad, bro. Like, are you edging? And it's Spurs. We hate Tottenham, bro. This Everybody just here sitting here Spurs. Spurs. Tottenham. Less by the way. Man. They just got spat. Yeah. So Spurs oh, made Leicester dude. look good, bro. That's sad. That, that's oh, yeah, we're going to get to that too. When we talk to the, we talk about the Spurs of it all, yeah, yeah. Talk, I want to talk about the Spurs of it all, but I just wanted to get you, your thoughts on Milan and what's going on with them right now because Listen, it's, not, with, it's not looking good. With, with Milan right now, yeah, it, it's not looking looking the best, but they, I hope the win they had against Torino recently just picks it up for them a little bit going into the week. During the week, I was only um, their second win of 2023. Bro. I know, That's I know, man. Isn't that ridiculous? I know. Isn't they have like a run of like four or five defeats in a row or something? Yeah, Dude, we thought they would top the group in the yeah, thing. Man, like, it's uh... not three, four months ago, we were like, oh yeah, Milan are going to beat Chelsea. They're going to top their group. You know, Rafa's cooking, the whole squad's there. Yeah, and we now we're like, asses. yeah, you <laughs> kicked their fucking asses <laughs> twice, man. Yeah, now bro. they're playing Tottenham and we're like, oh, Jesus Christ, yeah, Tottenham's going to go through, aren't they? Yeah, like I know, I know you, you could say that too, but like on the other hand, like Tottenham. Let's talk about Tottenham. Listen, let's bro, talk listen. about the pros and cons for Tottenham. Okay. Conte's back in Italy. Okay. Conte is back in Italy. So that that, <laughs> that has some meaning. That yeah. has some meaning, right? Because Antonio uh, Conte being back in Italy. Antonio Conte's Champions League yeah. pedigree has some meaning. Done. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah, 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 Wait, yeah. we'll get to that. We're going to get to Conte. You're right. Gallbladderless Antonio Conte is going to pull up in, <laughs> in, um, in Milan. Harry Kane. Um, Spurs, Spurs got blown away this weekend. Wait, because I just want to set context before we wait yeah. on all this. Spurs got blo- blown away. Like, blown Spurs away. Spurs or uh, Leicester, you mean? Spurs. Uh, no, Spurs, oh, Spurs got blown by Leicester. Yeah. Leicester yeah. set them on fire. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. My bad, yeah. The fact that now Benton Kerr is out for the rest of the season is also not promising because Spurs oh. don't have a lot going for them, but Benton Kerr is one of their best center midfield options. Correct. However, if we're looking to compare these two, Spurs have the stronger identity at the moment and have less injury concerns than, than Milan do in more key positions, which all signs point to me here that Spurs are going to beat Milan. And I'm sick to my stomach saying that. I feel the acid reflux splashing up <laughs> at even the thought of that. But Joe, I wanted you to weigh in on this too, because you're right. Antonio Conte's cha- uh, Champions League pedigree is minimal at best. Yeah. Mm. Right. But Spurs' Champions League pedigree is non existent. C, ca- C trophy cabinet. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah C trophy considered. Right? They did not, reach not the great. final, to be fair, but that's about it. I guess. Yeah, that's so cheating. I mean, listen. Yeah, so did Arsenal. Fair. And yeah. I was cheating, bro. <laughs> that was cheating. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, listen. Like, that was cheating. Uh, another thing is they, they do have players that are on poor runs of form. Richardson, <clears throat> the pigeon. But he hasn't um, scored a league goal yet. Yeah, I know, right? It's so, February, bro. They I paid know. 60 mil. He hasn't scored a league goal yet. Exactly. So uh, there's 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 a couple things with Spurs. You know, Spurs will always Spurs and all that. Haha, but um <laughs> But, but but for real, like I think uh, Conte, Conte is just, uh, you know what? Okay, to be fair, listen, it's a it's a weird predicament this year. I mean, with with Antonio Conte, usually he's in the league at least. He'd be like first or second, so he's like, yeah, screw yeah. every competition I'm in. But right. at this point, right now, 
it's like, bro, I'm not even competing in the Premier League. And now I'm going into the Champions League. So what do you think he's going to like try to go all out in the Champions League? I mean, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird, yeah, to be honest. I do think but, so. but Harry Kane is an X factor, to be honest. And uh, mm. he, bro, he's world class, right? So, I, I mean, with Milan benching Liao, like you said, doing all these stupid moves, it's it's looking it's looking pretty grim right now. But you know what? Yeah. I never put money on Spurs in my life. I'm sorry. No, exactly. <laughs> never yeah. in my life. Milan need to watch what Kalachi and Nacho did to Spurs and just <laughs> do that. Literally do the same thing. Yeah. Because so, if I can, who can totally do that? Yeah, I I never thought I would see a worse Spurs goalkeeping uh, performance <laughs> than Hugo Lloris ever. Mina, you... Fraser Forster <laughs> put in the biggest stinker of all time. Yeah. This man, and it wasn't his fault for Mendy's goal because <laughs> Mendy's goal was absolutely outstanding. There's yeah, no banger. Every single other goal that went in, I was like, "Yeah, come on, man, this is laughable." One should, of them was uh... tossed into the net, and he just went. Just watch like, what are you gonna do? Put it bottom corner? Oh, you put yeah. it bottom corner. Oh, it, Yo, I feel like Forrester heard pace. people saying. I feel like Forrester heard people saying before the game that Ward was the worst keeper <laughs> in the prem. <laughs> and he said, Yo, ain't nobody gonna disrespect me like that and take that accolade from me, man. Yeah. Wow, it was, the, it was so the it was the it was the worst goalkeeper matchups, yes, that, yeah. that weekend for <laughs> wow, wow, that's actually embarrassing. I'd like literally cry myself to sleep. There's no way. But swap them shirts. <laughs> swap them shirts at half time, man. Forster versus Ward. Let's go. Yeah. It just like, you know, even to be the worst at something is still an achievement because you can say that is you. You are the worst keeper. You're the best at being the worst. You're the best at being the worst. And I think Forrester wanted that. But anyway. This might be the worst goalkeeper derby too in Spurs versus Milan because, like I said, <laughs> Milan's back. Milan's starting keeper right now. I don't. I couldn't tell you his name if you paid me a thousand dollars. He's he is thirty six years old and Romanian, and he's never played professional football. I swear to you. Like he might be the goalkeeping coach, bro. For all I know, he he's not. And I watch him in the goals. And Joe, this is what we were talking about last week in the Chelsea episode, like Kepa versus Mendy and Net, and how demoralizing it is to have a shit keeper because you could be doing everything right, and then your yeah. keeper concedes the softy, and you <laughs> just have the freaking wind knocked out of you. I yeah. feel like both squads are equally susceptible to that because if we look at like top form Milan from a few months ago versus like the form that Spurs are in now, we can have a little bit more competitive of a debate. I just think that I don't trust, you know, spurs to get anything done or to ever cross the line ever but milan are so bad right now that i'm literally like it's i'm not even complimenting spurs by saying this if spurs can do anything more than just not bottle it which is a huge ask for them but just not bottle it they're going to win because milan are terrible for (laughs) it's in their culture bro but anyway that's how i feel about this i I just need to see taking shots from 30 yards out for both of them (laughs) Yeah. And just so see who has that. the like, slowest striker. Yeah, derby, just do the FIFA 14 tactic of just like shooting double, from double yeah. double shooting from yeah. uh, from thirty yards out. <laughs> Put it top in. Let's That's do so it. Funny. It'd be cool yeah. to see. It's funny how many like one v one matchups we're excited to see in this, right? Like the battle of of the most electrifying player on the pitch, right? Which should be layout, but he's not on the pitch, which then greatly limits you know yeah. what we're doing here, dude. It's it's just it's disheartening to be honest. Because everybody, I feel, loves when Milan's on form because they're inspiring. And they're so far from that now that we actually have to talk about Tottenham advancing to the quarterfinals. And I I hate that. 
that, so let's that, just you know, Forster, Dyer, and what's his name? Jaffa Tanganga and Davies <laughs> as a back four are going to make it through. In a, cha- <laughs> in a Champions League quarterfinal. Ridiculous. Uh, let's do uh, Club Bruges and Benfica. By the way, you guys, sorry, I didn't even get who you guys are picking for that fixture. Is, are we all going Spurs? I'm going to have to go for Spurs. Begrudgingly. AC Milan. Yes. Let's go. Back them. That's my, my heart, heart is with Milan. Yeah, my heart yeah. is with them. But I just I, like I've, I haven't seen anything that would suggest to me that they're even in that that ballpark right now. Um, Bruges versus Benfica. Listen, Club Bruges, like, suck. Like proper proper bad. Okay, did good, you know good. that they, they don't God. have? Thank God. Thank no, God did you know say. that the because you might say, oh well, Nathan, like they smashed Porto in the group stages and they finished. Um, you know, what was were they top of their group in? In the group stage, or were they second? Who cares? I they suck. Bro. I can't remember if they were first or, se- They're or second. They're not top of the Belgian league. But they, no, but we were surprised, right? Because we yeah. thought that Club Bruges was going to be last in their group, and then they made it out. They have a different manager now. It's Scott Parker, formerly of Bournemouth, who got fired after three games, by the way. Yikes. They've only won twice, two times, one, two, since November. They've drawn seven times, and they've lost uh, three. So they're very lackluster, bro. basically. They don't always lose, but they don't win either right they have a different manager than they did in the group stage so all the achievements and how remarkable it was for them to make it out of the group that's not the guy in charge anymore in belgium they're in fourth place they're not even flying at the top of their own league meanwhile benfica benfica topped a group with psg and uh juve they're flying domestically but they did lose Enzo Fernandez in January, who's a massive, massive Maybe. like inspiration for why they were able to achieve that. So my question is not who's going to win here, because I think we're all going to say Benfica. It's you guys remember my shout in August that Benfica were my team to watch in Europe this season. They were going to emulate the Ajax correct. That was predicated on the squad staying together. Losing Enzo in the middle of the season is detrimental to that campaign. So I ask you, do you have concerns about Benfica progressing? with that notable of an absence or do you think that Benfica will be okay but just won't go deep into the competition now that they've lost the best player in their team they'll be okay but they won't go that far that's it mm. that's as simple as it's stink bro they they're stink. definitely gonna get through club Bruges. it depends yeah. on the draw for the next one like yeah. right really you know depends. you never know you never know what what's gonna happen like if if they get one of either milan or tottenham they could probably still make it through. <laughs> it's true it's true bro i i think you know like as the the benfica in me wants to see what i predicted come true but it was never benfica to win the champions league but it was largely based on okay well with enzo fernandez and the team in particular and gonzalo ramos and all the guys who we outlined go listen to that episode tjw like i don't know 20 weeks ago, whatever that episode ends up being. That episode. Oh, 161. Talk- <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it could have been 150 something. I don't know. Do you guys remember? <laughs> Who the hell knows? We do so many of these. They all, they all just blend together after a while. Yeah. We talked about this and I said, Benfica are going to have an Ajax-esque run in the Champions League. I believed at the beginning of the season that Benfica would not only go through in their group. I didn't think they would top ahead of PSG, but they did. So even to me, they were surprising. I don't think that what they're doing in the league should be overlooked, though. Like, even with Enzo gone, I don't want people to go, oh, well, it's done now for them because there's a lot right about Benfica. And Enzo's omission is monumental because look at the fee he just went for and look at what he's going to do and what he has already done at Chelsea, how quickly he can settle. Enzo can win you games on his own. And I think in the Champions League, Enzo destroyed Juve twice. 
And against Benfica, there was moments where the team was better. There was moments when the team was worse. I think we saw limitations in what they could do against PSG because they didn't beat PSG, but they didn't lose to PSG either. I would love to see how far Benfica can continue going with this because I think they will beat Bruges. But I think that they can actually surprise a lot of teams still just with the squad they have minus Enzo. However, I thought that they could really hit a semifinal with Enzo. And now I'm like, yeah. uh, maybe quarterfinals, the end of the line, if they if they get somebody. But you know what? It's like you said, if they get somebody like a Spurs or a... Porto or, or, or you know, something like that. Something like that in the next round, bro. Like, any, like it's a toss-up. Inter's pretty trash, too. They can still far. get Inter. Yeah. Right. They could still yeah. make it. Like, there's still a fair amount. And then even the top teams are not in the best form right now. Right? right. Like if you have a flying Benfica versus a dreadful Liverpool or, or a PSG that just came out again. Right. And it's like, bro, we've seen this before. Like, like a thing can hold their own, but if you can hold their own against that squad, the, the giants of this competition are a little bit lackluster right now as well in their own right, which sets up this idea that Benfica can upset somebody. So I'm not dead on the dream. I still think that Benfica can create uh, something special here. I just, I think without Enzo, it's going to be infinitely harder, infinitely harder. Yeah, I think everybody can agree, though. We in agreement? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's do Dortmund Chelsea. Okay. That was a good run. Yeah, great run. Ah, That was a good run. (laughs) That was a good run. I don't want to, I don't want to talk about this. Okay. I think they're like seven games win streak. (laughs) Yeah, so let's do it. So, uh, Dortmund are in ridiculous form. They haven't lost a competitive match since November 11th. Thanks. Great. Amazing. Um, They're, never great defensively it's the culture of their club that they just try to outscore you but they okay, don't Chelsea tend to... can't score yeah here's here's some of the names so but it's not necessarily about whether or not chelsea can score because Dortmund always bleed goals but can chelsea defend no we can't players? do anything wait hold bro. on wait brant royce adiemi Haller, mukoko bino gittens uh reyna daniel malin and Jude Bellingham, of course. So you have like the firepower that Dortmund have with their <laughs> is absolutely freaking ridiculous. Whereas Chelsea, with all the money that they spent, were only able to register three people: Felix, Mudrik, and Enzo. Thank God. But they omitted Badiashin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the one they should have kept. That's the one. So, Joe, in retrospect, because I know you think that you'd rather have Badiashin on the team almost than anybody else that, that they signed, but. Do you understand the logic behind putting in Mudrik ahead of Badiashin? Absolutely not. What the fuck? Dude, Mudrik is... Uh, Mudrik is already talking about Twitter, move. bro. I think that was, that was a financial, financial move. move. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. not include the 7 yeah, million that, that's, that's our, that's our in support. the Champions League squad. That's our, uh, exactly. Support. You had to. You paid all the money for it. You had to include him. But like no, talent-wise, bro, he's not going to help you win the Champions League. No, League. imagine Todd Bowley gets that text. He's like, man, listen. What? You didn't include guys, How much? Guys, Let me check the receipts again. Guys, guys, this yeah. is punishment, okay? Our owner was Roman Abramovich, so we support Ukraine now, right? So we're going to put <laughs> my guy Modric in, and we're good. But uh, honestly, listen, I don't think it's a good move to put Modric over... Uh, Felix, yes. Felix, amazing. Enzo, amazing. They're already on the same wavelength. Uh, I think yeah. we were talking about that on the group chat, the holy group chat. But... Yeah. Um, uh, anything but bro i want to cry i want to cry so badly because who are we going to play center back bro i don't know i think koulibaly maybe i don't know and and tiago silva dude and tiago silva great great i mean amazing for tiago silva but listen uh of course i'm not looking forward to this matchup um we're gonna get spun but actually no but genuinely what do you think is gonna happen. It's gonna be a tie. It's gonna be tight. It's gonna be tight. It's gonna be very close, but I do think Dortmund's gonna edge it. I, I feel like 
based off like oh just, underwear? really over us yeah because bro i think just the cohesion is just so much better you know i i don't trust graham potter in in doing stuff now uh, process wise yeah right He's right doing stuff <laughs> like right with, now. with the current injury yeah yeah i know he, he has no idea like dude over the weekend he he's we literally had a handball and his response is like shit happens are i you, love how the Chelsea admin hasn't handled that thing are, are you are you are you a pussy bro did you, did you yeah. literally just say like in a derby bro in a london derby, in a derby too. Are you, so, nah, what are you gonna do you, you, bro i miss Mourinho. every day every time i look Rude. at that i'm like i just miss Mourinho for the passion at least bro that's that would have turned ancelotti into Mourinho. yeah literally bro. the calmest man on yeah. earth would have just lit everybody up and ancelotti that. used to do that bro he was our manager right but yeah this is what i fucking mean bro so Oh, of the Chelsea right admin now. though on Twitter, I love I love that guy for what he, what he like he's been posting since then. Yeah, bro, he's on smoke too. That what team. Post? Oh, okay. there was FIFA posted like um four goalkeepers, two awards, who wins it? Hashtag the best, and then Chelsea just put a gif of that and went Thomas Sochek. <laughs> Sochek, yeah, you know, I, I, and he also he also said something during the game. He's like, wow, Suchit with a no- wonderful save. Oh, Suchit save. with a brilliant yeah, save. Yeah, really save <laughs> or something like that. That's funny. It no, it's true. Yeah. To be fair, that definitely should have been a pen. And the thing is I don't that, like, how it was. I don't even want to get onto, like, the VAR yeah, yeah, debates at all because it's, like, it's a topic for another day. Yeah. I'm, uh, listen, we're always pessimistic for our own sides because we want to lower expectations, right? Like, it just, it, it's natural. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit surprised that you're not slightly more optimistic because, yeah. well, here's why. You're right. Dortmund have all the firepower in the world, and that's a good thing. For them, not for, you. <laughs> for them, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but for your benefit, you also have drawn a team whose whole philosophy is: can we outscore you? Because we know yeah, we yeah, cannot you can. stop you, you from scoring. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 you can, just, you can, bro, no problem. I wonder if Chelsea's European pedigree, understanding full well this next point that I'm about to that I'm going to lead into here, is it easier to right now for Chelsea? Tell me which of these two scenarios is easier for Chelsea? Easier is it easier to win the Champions League? Or to finish top four from your current position? Win the Champions League, actually. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. 100%. So I feel like Chelsea's you, You've also never to the finished top four and won the Champions League. So never. this is great. This yeah, is great. Bro, it, it, the it both stars are aligning, guys. Again, right. again, let's it's go. It's true, bro. When Chelsea are in poor domestic form, it usually means they're good in Europe. And I feel like you drew a team here that, to be honest, I think will add a lot of confidence to you if you can knock them off. Please God, and please Dortmund God. are a team that gives you <laughs> of having a team together when yeah. Norman often don't bro like Joel yeah, Felix yeah. Joe do you understand how bad Nicholas Sule is yeah he's bad he's, the, he's, he's actually the German Harry Maguire he's so yeah. bad he's the yeah. widest person I've ever seen yeah. and I don't understand his body mass ratio B- bodybuilder but not a player him. yeah definitely not Felix can absolutely spin him bro and the fact is like I, this game might be determined by who wins the midfield battle between Jude Bellingham and Enzo Fernandez. And I think that is brilliant. Like you talk about one for the future. That will be one we look back on. Years that's actually incredible. Like, bro, do you remember when Enzo Fernandez and Jude Bellingham battled in the Champions League? Because that's freaking like proper head to head, like the next great midfielders, you know, going up against one another where the winner of those battles will likely be the winner of, you know, the, the, the game. Yeah. I feel like Chelsea, you're right, are in a really, really bad form to score right now but that will have to be pieced together quickly because in the league you're right maybe maybe potter's a little bit passive and a little bit you know not not quite charismatic uh, enough but in the champions league bro there's it's now or never and i feel like when you reach those knockout rounds of the champions league here chelsea to be fair to them 
do have that pedigree to say, can we just cross the line here? We don't have to win by a lot. We just have to make sure that we're getting a win because then we're advancing further. And I think when you consider the fact that it's, they have an easier chance to make it to the Champions League next season by winning the Champions League this season, more so than reaching the top four in the Premier League, I think it's lining up here that Chelsea, like Chelsea have everything to play for. And to be honest, man, it might do it. Not win the Champions League. Like that'll be something we have to discuss as the competition unfolds. But just to make it through here, why not? Yeah. Why I mean, not? All, all the drama that was happening earlier I mean, in all the, that, Nathan, season. Who are you predicting to go through? Yeah, <laughs> you got to set me up like that. <laughs> I, man, you know, I feel like I have to, I feel like I'm obligated to back Bundesliga on this podcast. But but I forced you guys to back with this the one occasion where show. Joe actually no I'm, I'm going Chelsea. I, I can't back against Chelsea I'm always gonna go no Chelsea. no yeah you got you got to wrap it up yeah 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 I feel like I watched sufficient Bundesliga to say that I'm not confident in Borussia Dortmund really because bro like to be fair when you consider what Chelsea have to play for and the fact that Dortmund always concede it just doesn't bode well for them at this stage in the competition but. When you also factor in how much firepower Dortmund have right now and how little systematic play and identity Chelsea have right now, you're right. Dortmund do have the edge there. I I genuinely believe that Chelsea will go through here, but I can't go 0 for 2 on my Bundesliga predictions here so far because I did edge PSG earlier. So I will give advantage to Borussia Dortmund. Fair. Okay. So you just kind of like, you can't lose that. Because you Sitting believe that Chelsea will will go yeah. through, but you're going with exactly. Dortmund. So if, regardless of the result, you point. can't lose. Yeah, this guy's always yeah. on the edge, bro. Edge fence, fencing. You're fencing, bro. No, bro. Like I said, that's that's. I'm backing Dortmund strictly for Bundesliga shot. If you said Nathan, who's going to win? I will tell you, Chelsea is going to win. So okay. if you want me to change my answer and go Chelsea, I will. Just for you, if you want to call me out on no, that's okay. No, no, that's, that's okay. okay. No, no, that's okay. I want I. You're right because I did I did set myself here first thing, <laughs> but I do I, I bro look listen to all the arguments I just made on both ends here. I'm like, I don't fucking know who's gonna win, bro. Could that's good. Could be both. You know who you going like with? All the things that I said are true. And I'm it actually going help with me decide. I actually trust. I, I'm for some reason. Fuck you guys. I trust that Chelsea. Here. I trust that Chelsea can actually get right? it done. It's that gut feeling you have. You're like, damn, no, bro. Like Dortmund lacks conviction, bro. Listen, if you just let. Joao Felix occupy the space between just do Dula and and the right yeah. back, just yeah. just stay there, because you're gonna spin him, and Enzo Fernandez will find that pass. So don't worry, just like just get it. Yeah, and Mudrik might be better. Not off to mention to that you're, playing you're against not. a Bundesliga team, right? Exactly. Like you might find a little bit more confidence. Mudrik, you still so have Ziyech. Like, I know he yeah. hates being there, but you still have Ziyech and yeah. all the all the other yeah. wingers Pulisic, that you have. The homecoming. Yeah. We have a lot of players who hate being there. Listen, this is Pulisic's <laughs> level, though. You have a lot of players. Like, being realistic, shorter, bro. <laughs> being realistic, this is Pulisic's level. So maybe maybe he, he comes back to, like, score a hat-trick or something. Why can't do this? The LeBron James of soccer, man. Don't, LeBron LeBron James James of soccer. Don't ever forget that shit. Okay? I'll never forget um, that, bro. Uh, by the way, I will say that I would feel exponentially more confident if Chelsea could have registered Benoit Badiashil. Yeah. And I think that him not being there will be huge. But listen, bro, don't disrespect Koulibaly, right? Like Koulibaly is a Champions League level player and has been for a long time. Even if he's not settling in great so far, guess what? You got 400 players. None of them are settling in. Okay, cut the guy some slack. That's true. All That's right? true. That's true. Let's do uh, next week's fixtures, which I think we're going to spend a little bit less time on just because like we we heavily previewed these. But you know what, bro? These are some barn burners too. So I, you know, I might be wrong. Let's go uh, Liverpool versus Real Madrid. Last year's was this last year's final? Yeah, yeah, 
do you I, guys remember yeah. that less than what eight months ago liverpool were two games away from a quadruple yeah liverpool, now, their listen that was end, doesn't it feel like that was 10 years ago yeah yeah and then they ended up winning two domestic cups and had an open bus parade i'm never gonna let them forget <laughs> i never forget that bro what i'm the never fuck? gonna let them and forget you, that they had an open bus parade chelsea bro like chelsea with an <laughs> fa cup and a league cup we had that's what they right had back. stop it yeah bro. Like, i'm stop. yeah never forget that they didn't cancel the open top bus parade for just winning those two domestic cups but seriously, like this was "quote unquote" the greatest team of all time with with the greatest players of all time. I don't understand how this can happen in eight months with the greatest manager of all time. Right? I don't get it. I don't get it. Right? Van Dijk is the greatest center back of all time. Allison's yep. the greatest Premier League goalkeeper of all time. Salah is the greatest attacker of all time. And fucking Jordan Henderson is one of the greatest midfielders <laughs> to ever play the game because no, he's without a, that's that's mentioned the fullbacks. Captains. The fullbacks, each of them oh, are the greatest yeah. fullbacks in the history Trent of the world. Trent and Robertson. Oh, especially Trent. Klopp oh. gives Pep a run for his money, yeah. despite finishing second the same amount of times that United did to City <laughs> in the last six years. So I don't I don't get why they were in such hot water, guys. But, you know, it Dude, is what it can is. Can you name me one player at Liverpool who's in good form? Just one. Just one. Anybody. I'm, I'm genuinely one trying. one player at Liverpool who can... I'm genuinely say, trying. You... If you could tell me what Liverpool are in bad form, is he? Joe? Yeah, because he's he, he gets the most action in the team anyway. So it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, bro. I remember watching him just hand the ball over to Wolves players and just fucking like he makes more mistakes than any other top level. Honestly, should, dude, I don't. I, maybe um, uh, is he got five is assists this season? No, nah, I don't think not his reason for losing. I think they're. I think every single player at Liverpool is in bad form, and I think. Your prediction, Mina, of Klopp walking away at the end of the season Might grows be. every second because I think if yeah, you're, I think if really you're Klopp, bro, I think if you're Klopp here, you look, you're looking at your team and you're like, where's my team? Like, you need I see your faces, rebuild. but like not that many months ago, which is not that many days ago, right? 180 days ago, 200 days ago, not that fucking long ago, we were two games away from the greatest from ever achievement that this sport largely has seen from a club team ever. And now they're 10th and nobody's good. Not one player. Darwin Nunez is, is, is the lightning rod of it. We know, but Salah invisible midfield getting run through defense. Gakpo, like Joe said. Yeah. Yo, that Gakpo shot, Joe. That Gakpo hey, shot looking good. That's I'm telling you guys, very, I'm very I know what so I'm talking about, bro. IQ. Bro, you had this. It's, so, they're so bad. It's not even why are Liverpool so bad because that's that's its own episode, to be honest. And and I don't care about Liverpool enough to solve that for them. But we're <laughs> facing Real Madrid here. What we do have to give Liverpool, if we have to give them anything, and we can slander them all day, no one's going to stop me. No one's going to stop us from doing that, least of all me. They do still have, though, some amount of European pedigree to their name, right? We can we can agree on that. They do have. They do. Have. However, who have they drawn? Who have they drawn? The. A star standard of European pedigree. The most proven pedigree side in the competition's history. The where Europe. last season, yeah, they have Europe. everything. Like Real Madrid can be like, the can be in the worst form possible, get dominated for 90 minutes, and still be in one second. Yeah. And it's ridiculous that that happens. And so it feels like Madrid are in bad form because domestically they're falling behind Barca by quite some distance. However, in Europe. It's impossible at this point to question their pedigree. It's impossible. You, you, simply, can't. you can't say, 
oh, well, what about this? Nope, don't want to hear it. Sorry. Never count them out of the Champions League. Cannot under any circumstances do it. And now they're facing, like, league-wise, Liverpool might be in the worst position of anybody left in the Champions League. Tell me if I'm wrong there. Is anybody in a worse position in their league than Liverpool is in in the Prem? Uh, So if... No, no, no technically, yeah, technically ninth, bro. Oh, you know I what I'm saying? They, so I thought they won. Never mind. So. The well, fact much that, deeper squad. The fact that Real Madrid, <laughs> yeah, who are injured, to be fair, have their same amount of injuries. Benzema came back for the Club World Cup final, but he's not 100. percent Courtois injured currently. Uh, Mendy is injured, so Camavinga has been playing left back. Vasquez at right back is injured, so Carvajal is a thousand years old, still playing right back. Real Madrid are not a perfect side. But Real Madrid have Champions League pedigree. And I feel like the only thing we could give to Liverpool would say, oh, well, you know what? They do have Champions League pedigree if we could tick that in their column. But they're playing against the side who epitomizes Champions League pedigree. Therefore, I have nothing to give to Liverpool. Nothing. I can't give them form. I can't give them fitness. I can't give them health. I can't give them depth. I can't give them squad, like, like talent. I can't give them pedigree. There's nothing that I can say. Well, Liverpool. Could totally have they do tell set me, up tell me two, two minutes worth of a great atmosphere in, in the beginning and in the <laughs> end of the match. <laughs> so for two of the 180 minutes, they're going to light up Anfield. <laughs> Genuinely, I, I completely... If they were playing anyone else, like any other big team, you could say... Liverpool can turn up like regardless yeah. of form regardless of anything it's yeah. like when they when they play a derby match right like yeah. form goes out the window during a derby and form goes out the window I think for them in the Champions League even when they've been struggling in, in the league they have been able to turn it up in the Champions League but when you're coming up against Real Madrid like for example if this was Atletico Madrid if this was Barcelona if this I know Barcelona are not in Champions League anymore but that's uh-huh. take it as it is hey a big team um, like that yeah yeah a big team PSG, Bayern, and their current injured states, maybe Liverpool can edge something, but yeah. you can, you should never bet against Real Madrid in the Champions League, and I'm certainly not going to do that in favor of Liverpool. Agreed. That's it. Joe, do you agree? You I wanna, agree 100%. I think you hate Liverpool slightly less than us. Yeah, I do. Do you want to come to their aid slightly? No, no, dude, they're shit. It, it's <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm sorry. Tactics, bro. Tactics, they're bro. Shit. Like, they're just shit, man. It, it, listen, if you have eyes, you can tell they're shit. Um, but yeah. but listen, Madrid aren't on the best form either, right? No. Uh, they're they're actually really poor. So from both finalists, I think it's a major drop down this year. Major. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially obviously for Liverpool, a little bit more than Madrid. But listen, Madrid's happy right now. They just won the Club World Cup. A Fuck. Bit. Yeah, just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I, I definitely think Madrid's gonna edge it. Uh, yeah, man. Listen, Champions League pedigree is great for Liverpool, but when you come against literally like the Champions the League, definition of that. the definition of the tournament, yeah, then you're screwed. Yeah. So um, let's do Frankfurt Napoli, which objectively might be the best game to watch that anybody yeah. can watch. And I know you guys probably won't have the best analysis for this because these are not the most interesting or a-lister squads however i will maintain the position that if you were to turn on any champions league game that you think will have you on the edge of your seat the most will, will elevate your heart rate the most you'll be most interested in across both legs because anything can happen at any time in the match i would say this will be that i think the atmospheres will be ridiculous I think Napoli are going to start like a bat out of hell because Napoli are the, whether or not we like it, Napoli are the best team in Europe right now on form. 
Mm-hmm. They have the best duo in Europe right now in, in world football. Mm-hmm. And if Frankfurt let Napoli run at them, Frankfurt will get destroyed, which means Frankfurt will be running at Napoli, which means this game is just going to be a collision of fire where both teams are just trying to out explode the other one, which I think will make for the most exciting game that you could possibly imagine across both legs. On that, I actually hate that the Champions League have scheduled this at the same time as Liverpool Real Madrid because no one's going to watch this game. And this could be the, like you said, this could be the most exciting game for the neutral mm-hmm. across this entire bracket, but yeah. it's not going to get watched both times because it's scheduled at the same time on both the, both different ties as Liverpool Real Madrid, right. one of the biggest ties at this stage in the competition. So it's it's just a huge disservice to both of those teams for yeah. people to actually watch them. Because I would be interested in watching them, but I'm, I know I'm not because I'm just going to be watching. Liverpool Definitely not. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Like it happens at such a blockbuster time that you're like, well, yeah. damn, I got to I got to watch Real Madrid versus uh, Liverpool. And the you there's no sense watching this not live because yeah. the whole excitement of it will be live. That's that's sports as a whole. But this game more so than ever, though, analysis wise, if we're going for it. Listen, before today, Frankfurt hadn't lost a competitive game since October. They lost today wow. to, to Cologne, and that's not great for them. But it shows you the run that they've been able to go on, right? Like, don't don't think, oh, Napoli is going to steamroll them. Because, bro, across the board, they, they actually have a very, very decent squad, more than capable of churning out results. They won the Europa League last year, right? Don't forget that. Right. And their best player, Randall Kolomuani, who you might remember as the shooter of the most epic and prolific save of a, of a World Cup final in history. Good in 18 games played domestically, nine goals, 10 assists, 19 goal involvements from the 24-year-old French striker in 18 games played. Yeah. That's ridiculous output. But if we're talking about output, then we have to just look at who do Napoli have right now. And they have the best duo in world football, period. With Osimhen and Kvaradana, the goal numbers that both, I think they've both been involved in something stupid, like 17 goals each across just the two of them, right? So it's just ridiculous what they've been able to, to put forth and, I think that the fact that they also turned up big time in the Champions League earlier this season, like nothing is slowing them down. They were flying before domestically and in Europe. Then they had the World Cup break where not a lot of their players went to the World Cup and they just continued to accelerate their form since then. I don't know who's stopping Napoli. And I think the bigger question will be how far can Napoli go into this competition? Because as objectively fun as I think this game is, I do think that Napoli will persevere because Napoli have not looked like losing to anybody this entire year, it'll be, is there a point to be made here that Napoli might be, again, take out the favorites, take out the stars, take out the betting, the favorites to win this competition. They're the best side in the, in the, they're the best side in Europe. I don't disagree with you there, to be honest. I think with the run of form that a lot of the big teams are having right now, as it stands, you know, Napoli are on fire, man. You know, they could, It'll be better determined, I think, in the next round because of the fact that they have a higher possibility of drawing one of those big teams, right? Mm. So I think just Frankfurt isn't, like, no offense to Frankfurt, isn't as of a worthy of opponent as we want, at least for now. But definitely, the way they're performing right now, they could possibly be favorites in the tournament, without a doubt. I think they are, personally. But uh, but we'll see from here. It depends how they perform against Frankfurt. If they can, well, Frankfurt are actually doing really well. So yeah. so to just you know play them off the park really would like make a statement game. You yeah. know that that would be a big thing. So 
Yeah. Mina, what do you think? Are you buying into this uh, idea that Napoli can really be that impressive, or you think that it's just like in the league, fine, but that it Champions League, they're they're not going to be a match for those no, they, teams. they they put up uh, some great games in the Champions League, right? Like they mm-hmm. tore apart Liverpool, and I think when you look at the next couple rounds, we're going to be missing one of PSG and Bayern and one of Liverpool and Real Madrid. Right, they're starting to sound like like they could be amongst the favorites because let's say mm. let's just say for example probably Real Madrid, definitely one of PSG and Bayern. We don't know, and then City and Napoli. I put them in that conversation, right? Because yeah, the, and I don't, uh, in if the I'm next one of those stages, top teams, I don't want to face Napoli. None of them wants to face Napoli early on right. in the competition. They want to see them, if anything, in the final. But they want someone else to handle that. I don't think if you're City, Real Madrid, if you're Bayern, PSG, Liverpool, that you want anything to do with Napoli right now. Right. And I don't, honestly, full respect to Frankfurt, I don't think that people are seeing this as close as you guys are, just because, Nathan, you pay more attention to the Bundesliga. I think everybody just expects Napoli to steamroll through Frankfurt and go for it. And if they don't, that says more about Napoli, than about Frankfurt, than it does about Napoli. I see what you're saying. Yeah, you're right. It, probably in terms of name value for the teams, the what we where we assess the levels of both these teams feels about even. But that's yeah. discrediting the what Napoli have actually done this season. Which, to be honest, you're right, should elevate them far, far beyond this conversation and propel them into the conversation of tournament favorites. I think that they still have to earn that though, and I think because I think people need to see that in the right. Champions League to be like, oh shit. Because let's think about it. What was the first one that put them on the map for all of us? It was when they ran through Liverpool. We were like. Yo, hold on a second here. And then we started paying attention. We're like, oh, they've scored 20 goals in four games and haven't conceded. They go, did it oh, against Atletico Madrid. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they're just, they're cooked. What did they? In, well, they I did think, it against Ajax and Rangers. Ajax and Rangers. Ajax and Rangers. Sorry. No, not, not Atletico. Sorry. Yes. But they've, they've torn up, you know, the Serie A as well in, in that time. So, uh, yeah, you're right. I, I think we'll all give advantage to Napoli. I think it'll be an exciting contest because stylistically, how each team has to approach it. Though quality-wise, you're right. You might be doing a disservice to to not put Napoli ahead of them. Uh, Inter Porto, we can kind of gloss over because I think that City and Leipzig will have a little bit more to talk about, especially as it relates to City and closing this thing out. Uh, Inter Porto, Porto have only lost once since September, which I don't think a lot of people know about. Oof. Since wow. September, Porto have only lost once. Picking up a trophy in the way, right? Yeah, they, they topped their Champions League group. They picked up a domestic uh, Portuguese trophy and they tend to make menaces of themselves in Europe, bro. Like they're not a freaking easy, easy pass for anybody. Whereas Inter are in decent form, right? They're second uh, in the Serie A. They finished second in their group. Lautaro's in great form. Barella's in really good form. Yeah. But then you also have the other end of the pitch, which is uh, Skriniar is a little bit disgruntled because we know he's going to PSG. So how yeah. committed is he right now? And Lukaku is, ju- is a just nuisance to everybody alive. Yeah, he's shit. That's why. So where are you guys leaning with this? Because I feel like name value, you think that Inter are better than Porto, but I would actually say, bro, I think Porto Porto. are going to be Bro, I'm going Porto, bro. Don't never sleep on Porto because Porto made us work. I'll never forget that. Like the Oliveira, when he was on fire, they're they're a great team. And uh, like you said, Nathan, listen, Inter's not not all that this year, at least. They're just all over the place. I think they 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 have an issue where they have too many players also like you know, just in their heads or just thinking about leaving or don't know what their next step is. And I think that's a big, big issue for players to have. Um, Honestly, I don't know. Like, I I definitely, I I don't think it's by a landslide, though. Don't get me wrong. I think just Porto kind of edge it. 
compared to Inter, but it, it, I wouldn't be surprised if Inter just, you know, win as well. It's just that I feel it's just a gut feeling, I guess I'm going with that one, to be honest. Who do you think? Guys, Porto don't concede. Yeah. That's that's where I'm at with this. Porto, I just looked at it. They have a plus 35 goal difference in the league, only bettered by Benfica. And I and I understand everybody's opinion of the Portuguese league, but <laughs> you know, you you have to you can only play against the people that you're playing against, right? Like yeah. you if if the team in ahead of you is I don't know, Braga, you're gonna have to beat them versus yeah. in the Champions League. And they hold their own in the Champions League. They just do not concede. Um yeah. So I just I fully trust them to go through here. They topped their group with uh, that had Atletico Madrid and yeah. Bayer Leverkusen, right? So, yeah, I think that to be honest, I think that Porto like oftentimes we look at the team in the league they play in and we don't necessarily give it credit if we rate another league higher. But team for team, I think Porto are better, and I think Porto will beat Inter. Sorry, Inter. I, I just yeah, if they're only relying on Lautaro Martinez to score. Yeah. I think Porto can shut him out easily because I don't right. think Lukaku's a threat right now. No, no kidding. Lukaku sucks, bro. <laughs> sucks, no, straight up stinks. Do you want to? Can we move on to the last one, the, yeah. the very last fixture of this of this competition? And I left them for last, you know, because they played the last fixture. Um, Leipzig versus City. Yeah. Listen, I have thoughts on Man City, and I know that I don't know. I guess I should start with you guys. Do you guys still think City are the favorites to win this competition? Yeah. For the Champions League. Yeah, for the Champions League. Listen, um, I think I think you're gonna pull all your eggs in this basket. Yeah, that's that's what I think. I think it highly depends on how your double fixture against Arsenal goes, but I think Pep realizes that. Listen, Real Madrid is not the strongest. Bayern and PSG are not the strongest at all. Chelsea and if, Liverpool. If are the only realistic on-form threat for City Napoli. is Napoli. Yeah. I think if you can avoid them early on in the competition, you should be able to get through. Whether yeah, what I, happens in the final is what happens in the final. When you get to the final, you oh yeah, need luck on your side, right? <laughs> like if you get to the final and you lose, I it, it's what happens. You need some luck. Something can go against you. Or, you know, someone can get injured mid-game or, I don't know, you don't start your CDM or something. Yeah, um, Raheem Sterling starts. Yeah, so sick to my stomach. But I, I still trust City <laughs> Yo, wipe to that get smirk off to at face. least the semis. <laughs> <laughs> See, because I feel like City are not in the bracket with Napoli right now. I feel like City are in the bracket with the struggling, form. like with the struggling other teams, like the PSGs or the Byrons. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. or Real Madrid. Like they're not, they're not cooking in the same way. I don't think that City are favorites right now. And Joe, we talked about the pessimism earlier, but you still, you still think that City are the favorites to win this competition. You know what? Though, I'd listen. like to hear why before okay. I. Outline my, City, my look, thoughts on it. City lost uh, Cancelo, and I didn't expect that to be honest with you. Mm. But I just feel, um, I don't know, man. I, I just, hello, you guys can yeah. hear me. Oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, I just feel like Pep, Pep, like Mina said, Pep is going to put everything into this basket. I think you can kind of tell that Arsenal, uh, even though they're having, that's a, for another story, they're having kind of a poor run, but, um, are kind of kind of run away with the league a little bit. It's just that you know Pep, Pep's been here for so long now that I think he got his final piece in Holland, and this is mm. it. This is the time to really show your worth. And Holland is at that stage where I think he's he can be. So he, we already know how super impactful he is, you know. And I know he's yeah. only going to get better, but he's there right now, and he can give you results at this moment right now. So I, I just still think they're they're the 
favorites to win it. As much as Napoli are on form, I don't think they have that star power right. that we expect the team to win the Champions League half. But like Mina said as well, dude, a lot of the teams are really poor right now. So that's PSG, Bayern Munich, Chelsea, Madrid aren't that good. And Liverpool, we all know, suck right now as well. So yeah. those are like huge. These are the guys who usually are in it to win it every year. So this is the chance. This is it, bro. Can I just preview I, something I, before you say, Nathan? Yeah. Yeah. I think to, for your credit, or I guess in defense of City a little bit, we all said Holland was the missing piece, assuming the rest of the team wouldn't have the issues that it's having right now. Right. And that's where I think the difference lies. Holland is the missing piece. He's still the magic guy, but Pep's been shifting and shoveling, you know, changing up the lineup for a bit for a while now and it's not the usual pep roulette because we're all familiar with the pep roulette where everybody can come in and out and it doesn't look different now it does you know Cancelo got shipped immediately Bernardo is not playing like or not having as important of a role as he did last year right Kevin De Bruyne I don't know for some reason isn't as effective as last year but definitely not worse you know, Kevin De Bruyne is always, yeah, always yeah. one of the best players in the world. So yeah. you can't doubt him a little bit too much. But again, Ruben Diaz is not playing again uh, with Laporte. The back four has completely reshuffled. And since Cancelo left, now it's it's Rico Lewis in, in the back four. So the team is not stable. And I think that's, Nathan, I think that's what you think makes you not favorites. And I think we agree somewhat. But everybody else is going through those mm-hmm. issues, except for Napoli. And if you can avoid Napoli right now, you probably still have enough quality and depth to get through the other teams that do have the similar issues. I think for the first time in a long time, City lack identity. And that is not something that City are used to having, because to be honest, they haven't had that since Pep's first year. Since after Pep's first year, City have had their identity. They knew what they were going to do. Right. And we all knew what they were going to do. And it was impossible to, to play against largely. Right. Yeah. And and we've done tactical analysis of what the inverted fullback role is. And then we talked about this season, why Cancelo lost that spot after the World Cup. And the fact that Laporte and um, Cancelo, not Cancelo, sorry, but Ruben Diaz got injured was monumental because that is by far and away City's best center back partnership. But then what City started doing, and they've tried this out a little bit more recently, and I noticed it a lot today against Villa. City are playing with a back three in a very interesting role. In years past, City midfield dominated everybody, right? Like they were playing with a false nine, which was just an influx of bodies everywhere, but it lacked the target man. You're like, fuck, where's that guy? We're like, how do we get the ball to that guy? Because we're putting into that space, but there's nobody there. And then by introducing that, then they sacrificed basically a midfielder as the false nine role. And now what Pep did was said, okay, well, where can Mm -hmm. I take that player from? And he took him from defense. So now what City are doing is their their formation is largely a 3-2-4-1, where they're not wingbacks. They are very much wingers, but it plays with inverted fullbacks, wherein today Bernardo Silva is playing as the inverted fullback role because when we have possession, Bernardo's going up and down the pitch, but when we don't, then he's tucking over to the left side as the left back, much as Cancelo did beforehand. What I find really interesting about this is City used to have their wide players almost like sometimes they're playing really, really wide and it springs the midfielders forward. All of this is to get the most use out of Holland. And I think that if City are now going to be overloading midfielders by playing with a back three, 
and then basically playing six midfielders, right? Because you have your wide ones, but you have your two and then your four and Holland's leading the line. This system could work. It, this could be the new system that we see from Man City for the next little while, right? The fact that Foden's been injured hasn't helped. The fact that Ruben Diaz has been injured has not helped at all, by the mm -hmm. way. The fact that uh, Laporta has been injured hasn't helped at all because he's a better player than Ake is. I feel for Ake a little bit because he doesn't do anything wrong. He doesn't do a damn thing wrong, but he doesn't get the credit he deserves for being as good as he is, but he's not the passer that Laporte is, right? Like the what Aymeric Laporte offers is different than what Nathan Ake does. And I feel like when you have, like we had today, in essence, the back three, when City have the ball, which is almost always, of Laporte and Diaz and Walker as your back three, and then Bernardo and Rodri, basically as the midfield pivot, pushing up De Bruyne and Gundo, and then your wingers are out wide and Holland's leading the line. This is a system that will take time to implement perfectly because in years past, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. Even with the inverted mm -hmm. fullback, it didn't look like this. It looked very, very different. I feel like, and this, is, this goes beyond City in the Champions League, but the reason we bring all this up is because City have to find this identity very quickly because you're right. Every other team right now, every other giant team that should be expected to win this competition also has problems. So whoever can capitalize and solve those problems the quickest will probably be the one who edges the competition. I think Pep knows that. I think City know that. I think that City are doing everything in their power to try to recuperate that form and, and find that identity as quickly as possible. And maybe it bodes to our favor that we're going to play Leipzig because let's face it, Leipzig, sneaky, sneaky menaces, right? We played Leipzig right. twice last season in the group stage. Sneaky. We dominated them one game, but Nkunku got a hat-trick and they won the return fixture. So it's it's not like, you know, we're just going to run through Leipzig. City at times this season have looked very, very lackluster in some games, but other games they set people on fire. I think that when we play Leipzig, it will be a really good opportunity for Pep and for Holland in particular to get that confidence up, scoring goals against the Germans because Holland's never had any problem scoring against Bundesliga teams. We know that. Where even if Leipzig play without fear, as they tend to, that might go to City's benefit because City are just going to be like, okay, this is a good team so for much us space to now. deal. Well, they might have to deal with that pressure, but the, exactly. They'll be like, oh, well, look at all the space that we can exploit here. It's not the strongest team, not in terms of quality or pedigree for City to have to overcome. Now, and I think Kunko's that we've injured, got right? over Sorry the... He is. Yeah, he, he's injured. Um, Danny Almo's injured and their starting keeper, Gulashi, is also injured. So they have their fair share of injuries as well. I just feel like there's no excuse for City not to win this game. City must win and, and advance past Leipzig. I just don't know if City are the favorites for the competition because it isn't Holland's missing piece and now, and now everything is, is running smoothly. It's like City have a new identity that they forged here that does not excuse them for losing. City must beat Leipzig. If we drew Real Madrid this round, I'd go, shit. Because we, they have that pedigree. But to be honest, I genuinely still believe that City can beat any team on planet Earth. And the fact is, when we lost to Spurs, or some of the games that we've lost recently, I was sick to my stomach watching this lack of identity take shape and take place because the players weren't getting it fast enough. City have some of the best players on planet Earth. It won't take them long to figure it out. And when they do, I might concede and go, you're right. City are the favorites to win this competition. I'm not there yet. This doesn't affect my analysis of the game versus Leipzig because City should be able to beat Leipzig because I think we're past the days of Pep overcomplicating the things in the group stages and in the early stage of the competition. We're not going to have a repeat of Lyon where we try to no, match their formation. It's not, the same. it's not the same. It's very, very different now. There's no excuse for City not to beat Leipzig. City are going to beat Leipzig. But going forward in this competition, City need to 
clearly identify their identity and their best course of action for winning games with the players that they have to win this competition. Because you're right, the, the clock has been ticking for a long time and there's just not that many opportunities left here, nor will there be another one where every other top team is in bad form. So City got to figure this shit out ASAP. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Listen, um, it's it, it's the uh, beginning of the season. It was a lot clearer. We were like, okay, we got the missing piece yeah. and everything like that. Uh, but a lot, a lot has changed since then. Just so the much, so much. I mean, from losing players to the change of identity. Like, I think it's. I think Pep was forced to do that just to incorporate Holland a little bit more, even mm. though Holland was doing great in the existing. Uh, formation or identity or how, whatever you may call it. It's just that he knows that he can get the best out of him in other versions of his mm. tactic, per se. Uh, definitely, I agree. In City, probably could beat any team on earth right yeah. now. You know, on their day, of course. But, you know, it, it's it's just up to City to fulfill it. Because I think this year, right. it's, up to, it's, it's City to lose it. It's no one to beat them. I think it's just mentally and you know, tactically, yeah. whatever Pep decides to go with, it's up to right. City to to just fulfill. It won't it. be okay if City lose to Napoli. People will no, not remember no, that no, going no. like, oh, but that was the season Napoli was on fire. They'll go, no, Napoli is not a good enough team that City that it's okay for City to lose. I disagree, and to be honest. You do? I really? disagree. Napoli's so high in my evaluation right now. No, but um, that might be that might be true. But think of general consensus of what people expect from Man City. You think that they will be like, you're no, City didn't have a chance that year because Napoli were that damn good. I don't, I don't think, think so, so because people we might will do, think that. People be like, will do that, that for the true. trolls. People will yeah, do it for the right. trolls. And I, and I agree, when you take everything into account, the whole city project and all the money that was spent, and, and all of a sudden you have some guy from Georgia to kick their ass. I, I understand. <laughs> but the truth has to be said, this Napoli team is that strong. And I'm not saying... If you put them in a league together, that City would lose. I don't think so. City would still win over thirty-eight games. But this is this is two legs. Yeah. That's all you get. That's all you get. If you can't figure it out over two legs, and Napoli can steal, we know City are vulnerable sometimes to the counterattack, and and that teams have beat them that way. Given enough time, City will figure it out. But you only have one hundred and eighty minutes. Figure it out. And yeah. that is why I think, and the pressure is on very them. even with Napoli. So I it, the. Make no mistake, the favorites would still be City in that in that um, matchup, but I still think put some respect on Napoli's name. Definitely, I'll troll Definitely. City for the memes, but full respect. If like, there's nothing yeah. you can do. If if a team is fully if Napoli on, are the best team in Europe, then full steam. It is what it is. Kind team of in Europe, and yeah. they're all and they're on their game. They know exactly what they're doing, and City doesn't. What are you gonna do? Yeah, identity is everything, bro. We talked about that how many so times important. on the show, right? If you have the, usually the team in the league in the Champions League, doesn't matter. The team with the strongest identity normally is the one that, can, so that, that beats everybody. Man. Even if I can look at Morocco at the World Cup, I know international games are very yeah. different than than club football, and it's slower and everything. But Morocco went up against some big heavy hitters and beat them. Well, them all. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. Beat so <laughs> beat them all. Identity uh, is very important. Do either of you guys want to discuss um, the city? FFP allegations and the consequences and all that stuff because we didn't get to talk about that because that after we recorded yeah yesterday. good luck buddy <laughs> no but like do we want to address that before we wrap the show because I'm more than happy to like express my position on it but do I don't want to just, uh... opinion on it yeah go ahead it would be hilarious 
but I don't think anything is going to come from it. I just, I think, I don't think anything's going to come from it either because I, it, and it certainly won't come this year because right. they have all the time in the world to investigate. And by they, I mean the FA and CE have all the time in the world to appeal. So it's, it's not right. going to, and this has been an ongoing investigation for four years. I don't think the Premier League would come out and say something against it if they didn't have reason to believe there's concrete evidence to do so. Because I don't think they like that would be really stupid. And, uh, and it's a worse, it's a worse league financially um without CE in it. Not that not that you guys are gonna get relegated or anything. I just uh, I think that if they had reason to believe that CE wasn't cooperating, yeah. they would have they would have not done this, right? Like if they didn't have a reason for it, they wouldn't have done this. So they might not have the evidence, but yeah. This could just be a way of of publicly saying, guys, you need to show us the evidence because I think Say is just going, no, we've been through this. We're not going to show you what you need to do. At least come with, um, accuse us of something. With, with, yeah, accuse. Tell me what I did wrong, happened. and I'll tell you that just I didn't. Don't fish around it. Exactly. exactly, dude. A hundred percent. Which is a I very so freaking. That's how bro. law works, right? Like you're not going to. Yeah, come... due process exists. Exactly. But people just think that city are like. Bro, okay, it made me laugh because I was listening to. I'm not saying C is innocent. If C is guilty, I think they get a financial fine, and that's it. That's all I think yeah. is gonna. <laughs> no, happen. you should get banned. If Fuck you, guys. What the hell? Yeah. If exactly. C is guilty, what should happen and what will happen are two very different, different things. Because I don't. Because yeah. if they punish them, let's say they give them a point deduction for every single year that has been accused of. Now all of a sudden you have teams that missed out on the Champions League. You have yeah, teams you that. Can't what do you do with the trophies that were that were yeah. lost? What do you do with the FA right. Cup? It's so different. And not to mention the trophy is arbitrary, bro. We know who won the leagues. Like it'll never like that'll never change, bro. Like if because to be honest, if the exact same thing happened on an inverse scale, and I you know, integrity FC over here, if the the year that Liverpool won, if if United did this, if Chelsea did this before uh, you know, and City were the runners up, you think I'm celebrating a second place finish, bro? We know who won the league. Pep said he's like, Was it our fault that Gerard slipped too? it's the same thing bro like he's like people are gonna put everything on this because people because the the accusations are that city were not truthful with their financial reports as it relates to sponsorships okay let me run a scenario by you just so that people who don't think like me can can kind of understand this do you understand what a hundred billion dollars looks like a hundred billion of anything is an unfathomable amount of money like so when you have owners account, who buddy. own this yeah when you yeah. have owners who have this amount of money bro yeah let me just share something with you manchester city ownership group if you want to accuse them of having done something wrong they have billionaire owners right okay let's say i want to fund manchester city and i i am i own at the head so i will make them the sponsor of this but i can only allocate a certain amount of funding because i can't just funnel in all the money i can invent a company called chic mansour's donuts and chic mansour's donuts wants to pay manchester city to sponsor them i own the sponsorship group so I'm not going to call it Sheik Mansour's Donuts. I'll call it Joe's Donuts. Thanks. And through Joe's Donuts, they're going to sponsor it. And guess what? I'm going to tie every single one of City's footballing groups to my sponsors, meaning that I can have the New York-based team. I can have the India-based team, the Japan-based team. Every team that City owns in the world, the CFG, the City footballing group, all of us have the same sponsorship things. And I can declare all of that as funding for the City footballing group. I'm not inflating sponsors, but guess what? I can create 100 million fucking sponsors if I want to, funnel money into all of them as the owner, as just ways to put money into the thing. Now, people will say, well, that's shady. How do you think you made the billions of dollars? You think it was just from a lemonade stand here? And I think that regardless of what you think of the financial element of it, if we're going to do that, then the Premier League will be indicted for outspending every other league tenfold 
right? Literally every other league, regardless of how they obtain their funding, because if the objective is parity, you're destroying that by simply allowing Premier League clubs to have billionaire owners when other leagues are not, right? It is not a capped league. If you want to make it one, add a salary cap, but you won't do that. Why? Because you want them to spend the money because that's the TV revenue that you garnered. So it's just so ridiculous to say that if City are inflating sponsorship figures, that will equate to relegation or expulsion or, or strip titles because that is not a consequential event. If City were accused of match fixing, wherein they paid opponents to lose games so City could win leagues, that's a different thing. That is not what happened. Nothing of City's sponsorships affected performances in the 90 minutes because guess what? We've had games where City have the much better squad and lose to a shit team. Why? Not because directly. they didn't get it together that Not game. Not directly. I think the accusation Wait. is that when you inflate revenue, you then can spend more based more on money. FFP rules and yeah, then yeah. you end up getting a higher you, you know, can get a player of what bro. you can spend. So but it's that's indirect. Not consequent. And I, yeah, and I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying because then what's stopping of money. Yeah. Right. Like it doesn't, it's just obsolete, bro, because you could have every club that did it the right way. They had a, a millionaire owner who turned the club into a billionaire thing and now they have a billion and now they can spend a billion. The act of spending a billion is ruining parity for the sport when you have another team that can't do that. That yeah. doesn't fucking matter as it relates to how a team is performing on the pitch, even no, if your doesn't. players are better, because that has absolutely nothing to do with that. And like I said, Steven Gerrard slipped is an error in a game. City won the league consequentially. That's because City had better players? No. Well, City were able to buy better players and therefore they were able to have a competitive title race. Give me a break. That is a ridiculous argument to, to suggest that the titles come from that as opposed to those individual moments and what happens on the pitch. I just don't think that they're consequential events. So I think what happens is, and the Premier League don't have evidence of anything. They just think it's shady that City won't submit certain reports. Well, and it's like, why would I? No, you're because fraud, bro. Here's the thing. Here's the other thing, bro. bro. It's like if somebody asked you, hey, Joe, what's your address? You'd be like, that's none of your fucking business. Like, why? You're hiding something? Like, no, it's just not your business, bro. <laughs> like, do it, why? Do you think I have something suspicious at my house? If so, accuse me, get a warrant, come get it. But like, I don't have to comply with you because you're hoping to find something on me. So I yeah. think, listen, none of us are financial. Joe's a financial expert, to be yeah, fair. None of but us not, are to this level, experts. none of us are legal experts, but this is the information that we've received and we're all going to weigh in on them. And I think it's silly that, that we're here because like I said, even in the UEFA trial where they were like, yeah, you're banned. And City go, okay, let's see. And they go to the court arbitration of sport and say, and they're like, yeah, you're right. This is this is nonsense. We can't do it. So what do we do? We're going to fine you for not complying because that wasn't very nice of you. <laughs> and that's it. And, that, and that's and it ends up my understanding of what happened with the court of arbitration of sport is that they, they got them, City got them on a technicality of time mm -hmm. of the process but that because doesn't the statute of limitation FA. has expired i that know doesn't happen. that's not a rule at the fa apparently and that's why i think no, it's gonna take forever we're not gonna have we're not gonna have any any ruling at all anytime no. soon so let's just everybody ignore it forget about it and then move Until on with our lives. Comes of it. if something and comes of it i think if it's gonna be like found that if city are guilty they're either gonna find them or they're gonna give them a transfer ban to you know it, it's like yeah, oh if you spent money that you didn't have because you inflated revenue because your billionaire owner just created a sponsorship and right. gave you money rather than just a donation from or like owner funding we're going to limit how much you can spend for the next two or five years that seems like a one-to-one -one punishment right. but if, if nothing comes of it then nothing comes of it and it's it's a stupid argument not to mention city have the biggest loophole in the entire world here because they're not going to be expelled because that'll that will ignite the super league 
right? Yeah. Furthermore, exactly. if if the city footballing group already exists, so if City, Manchester City, are to be relegated from the Premier League, do you know what they will do? They will go buy another European team, loan all of the players to that team, have City come back up the next year, and then put everybody back on the team. Done. Like, there is no scenario wherein you can fairly punish somebody who has billions of dollars unless you effectively say you're not allowed to own the team anymore, which the Premier League has no jurisdiction to do. So it's like, there's there's no freaking consequence that can happen here, regardless of whether or not City inflated sponsorship things, because who cares? What are we talking about here? We bitch because Chelsea spent 700 mil last week, bro. We're like, yeah. we're not going to, yeah. we're not going to talk about it for that long. You know what I mean? It's just what, um, based just because you touched on the super league, what's your opinion of that? The new proposal for the super league? I don't understand. I, no, I don't really understand. I don't understand how it's a super league. If they're going to have 80 teams, like if the super league is just going I'm to be more willing to league. listen to that format though, because yeah, the Champions league format, let's remember the Champions league format is changing and it's not going to be the same as right. what we know and love. So it's not to say that the super that the you know the Champions League is, is the all benevolent creature and and, and no, the Super no, League is all not. evil. If no, it's no. a better format than the Champions League, I'd rather just the Champions League accept the new format and do it because what the clubs right. are complaining about is that they the Champions League keeps adding more and more games and more ways for them to increase revenue and not right. give any of that to the clubs. They still yeah. get or to the, keep players. Their the players. And the players and the clubs yeah, subsequently the games. Exactly. So the, the Champions League is making more money. UEFA is making more money. And the clubs don't see pennies of that. Yeah. Yes, we're still talking millions, but the UEFA is making billions and billions of dollars in revenue every single year from that Champions League. And the clubs keep getting margin increases of what that is. And if the Super yeah. League is promising the clubs all the revenue, split however way they split it, it will be higher than than whatever UEFA is giving them. And the clubs are going to have an incentive to do that. Yeah. So if it's a better fixture and a better format than the Champions League in the future, I'd rather play that format, but under the name of the Champions League and figure out a way to have have clubs be happy about the revenue split because I don't want that music to go away, bro. No, exactly. (laughs) And I don't know if the the idea of the Champions, sorry, of the Super League will replace purely leagues as well, but you cannot have a league with 60 to 80 teams. So if they're just planning on, on... creating a league wherein all these teams play you will still end up having four super leagues wherein you have maybe one maybe your premier league of the super league is everyone who currently plays in the champions league then the second tier is all those other teams europa like league. the europa league teams and then what and then they they're have promising league. everyone 14 matches but Just how like lot. if you have 80 leagues you have 14 matches what are we talking about here are yeah. they still going to play in their domestic leagues i don't understand how it that sounds is. to I me like the nation's league you know how the nation's league is set up that's right. what it kind of sounds to me, where it's like but groups did, A, B, and C, and then I don't think they want to do that tiers. because I think the teams who are trying to gun for the Super League are trying to make sure that they are always getting that additional revenue. Real Madrid are not going to accept a term where they can be relegated from a Super League because they're like, no, yeah. we want this premium revenue regardless of performances. That's the whole idea. Do so we believe maybe that this if Barcelona get that increased revenue, that they're, they're going to pay off their debt, or are they just going to keep piling up? I don't think so. I don't think they're ever going to pay that down. You know how the U.S. like is yeah. about their trillion dollar <laughs> yeah, debt. Yeah. Right. It's like okay, what's another trillion? Like we already right. have so much, Never so much money, and it doesn't matter. You yeah. want to say something? Come, come at me, bro. So I think come if Barcelona just goes, oh, here's now two billion in revenue rather than one billion. Okay, well I guess we're three billion in debt now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Literally, I wonder, and I, I wanted. Maybe we can have a conversation about this in a, on another day because this one is getting a little bit away from our Champions League discussion, which is the point of this episode. But if we loop it back to be the replacement of the Champions League, if this is the last one we ever see, 
I hope that Man City win it before <laughs> we're punished forever. <laughs> anyway, bro, is that are we good to wrap it for episode number one hundred and eighty-one of the Jersey Wall Podcast? Yeah, I think, so. I think we're good. Hell of a poem, by the way. Hell of a poem. What, Great. What Hell of a poem. Hell of just a poem. unbelievable. I really have enjoyed this episode. It was, it was a nice episode. Yeah, it was great stuff. We, we well went all over us. the place. Well done, us. Congratulations. We hope you guys enjoyed episode 181 of the Jersey Wall Podcast. As always, I've been your host, Mr. Nathan Santos, a.k.a. Master Chef Nay. You can follow me on Instagram at the Nathan Santos and everywhere else at Master Chef Nay. Brethren, where can we find more from you? You can find me at Joe King underscore. Mina Dog Gali at 98. I don't know. Hey, that's name. pretty good. That's, that's good, the yeah. Instagram. Yeah, that's, that's Instagram. <laughs> uh, and don't at forget. Mina F. Gali on Twitter. Yeah. Boom. And I we already got Joe's plug. So yeah, let's you just got go. my one. Don't forget to go to ElmontYouthSoccer.com and enter the promo code TJW10 at checkout. Start assembling your very own Jersey Wall collection. Support your team in the Champions League. What are the Super League patches going to look like, guys? This, I wonder. Elmont Youth Soccer will have the answer. We'll get to that in another day, guys. We hope you enjoyed. We thank you so much for listening. We love you. And we'll see you next time right here on the Jersey Wall Podcast.